Hi, my name is Mark Fontaine and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Service Design Show. And I'm really excited to share another podcast exclusive episode with you. I'd like to start off with a question on this one. Have you ever been part of a project where you felt that it was bound to fail from the very get-go? I know I have. The curious thing is that when you look back on these experiences, it's often pretty easy to identify all those red flags you should have spotted much sooner. Reflecting on these red flags is actually an invaluable exercise as it helps you to be more prepared when the next opportunity comes knocking on your door. The only problem is that you first have to go through some, sometimes painful failures to arrive at these insights. Well, if you want to save yourself some headache, you might want to stick around for this episode. Because as you'll hear, when you're just a bit more critical at the start of a project, you're not only doing yourself a big favor, but also your client. You're making sure they don't enter a race they could never win anyway. And by having these conversations upfront, you also grow your credibility as a trusted advisor inside the organization. So yeah, there's a lot to gain when you know how to set your service design projects up for success. But how do you actually set up for success? Well, in our recent Circle community session, we explored some real life examples of how in-house service design professionals do this. What do they do to spot the red flags and how do they create the conditions that allow them to deliver their best work? I invited James Field, who co-facilitated the session, to share some of the biggest takeaways with you today. And as you'll hear, it's the remarkably simple things that often have the biggest impact. Now, if you haven't yet heard about the circle, let me quickly fill you in. The circle is a community for in-house service designers that is focused on sharing best practices with each other and making meaningful connections with like-minded peers. A key reason why people join the circle is that when you're inside an organization, you're often one of the few, if not the only person who truly gets service design. So where do you go when you want to deepen your craft or when you just want to bounce off some ideas? or maybe when you just want to vent about how things are done, of course, to learn from them later on. The Circle offers a safe space to do all these things and more. Every month we host a session inside this community about the relevant topic brought forward by a member. If you'd like to actively participate in these sessions rather than just listening to the summary on this podcast, head over to servicedesignshow.com slash circle and see if you'd qualify to become a member. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this episode. That almost wraps it up for the introduction. The only thing left for me to say right now is let the show begin. Welcome back to the show, James. Hi, Mark. Good to be here again. Yeah. Uh, for somebody who's listening and has no clue why you're back, you're back because you also were... Uh, my co-host or co-guest, well, guest uh, on episode number two of the circle reflection debrief kind of circle thing, right? That's right. Yeah, it's sec second one. The second one. Yeah, and now we're at circle session number thirteen. So it's uh, it's been over a year. Uh, it's good to have you back. Um, for the people who haven't listened to the first episode or maybe if anything has changed in uh, your life could you give a brief summary of what you do these days 
So I'm a business development manager um, in, in the investment space for a company called Ferguson, Ferguson Ventures. Uh, but I use service design techniques to, in my approach to how I, I work with external companies to innovate inside our company. Hmm. And uh, did you have any uh, career transitions in the past year? Like, I don't recall if that was also your role a year back. It's the same company, but I've transitioned to more of a business uh, focus, I'd mm. say. So uh, service design isn't my primary focus. I don't, I don't tend to offer service design uh, within the company. I use service design to help accelerate our, our projects. Cool. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, like that. So um, yeah, why not just let's uh, jump into the topic of the circle, which um, you sort of uh, got the opportunity to propose. And um, the topic you suggested was setting up for success or setting up for successful projects or setting up for successful service design um, projects um, out of all the things you could have picked why did you go for this topic so actually this was voted by by the group i came with a uh, it was a wildcard session that we were having and i came with a three or four crazy ideas and we went for the quite sensible option of setting up for projects um, <laughs> so I think it just emphasizes how important it is uh, that we get off to a good start with this. With this, it's something that comes up time and time again. Uh, really about just setting those conditions so that we can we can do well with service design. Hmm. Yeah, that was my uh, following question. When we say or when you say setting up for successful projects, what do you actually mean? What does success mean to you in this case? So in terms of setting up for a successful project, I think it's, like I said, it's making those conditions uh, right. We want to make sure that, that the way we're delivering service design, the activities that we're doing are appropriate for, for the mission that we're on, the journey that we're, we're going on. Um, also, you don't want to have that moment of, uh, of regret and frustration further down the line when you, you're kind of realizing, oh, we should have done this, or we haven't quite got, got things going the right way, or we're misaligned. Um, so... In terms of success, it's making sure that the outcomes match with the business expectations. Hmm. Now, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, but before we do that, why is this a topic that's apparently also on your agenda? Um, I can make some guesses, but I would love to hear from you. So I think it's something personally that I've, I've experienced many times as a service designer and in my, my new role as well. Um, my colleagues as well, who who aren't necessarily service designers, but they're they're in charge of, I guess, leading initiatives, pushing projects forward, bringing people together. Uh, what we find is that if we don't have a very clear picture of where we want to go, why we want to get there, and then the right support, the right structure uh, to actually go and deliver that, uh, we find ourselves in some some difficult situations further down that actually could have been resolved, could have been made better by a little bit more time and deliberation and effort up front. Hmm. Yeah, so this is something that you uh, experience, um, maybe not immediately in your career, but uh, further down the line, you come across projects that don't work out as intended, and then you start reflecting. And when it happens why uh, once, it might be the fault of the other person when it happens twice. Three times, four times, you sort of start wondering, maybe there is something that I could have done, right? I think so. It's definitely, it's a, it's a me, not you uh, yeah. scenario. And it, you're, you're right, when, it, when, you're, um, when you're moving more into a, a leading role in the organization, but in, in the project as well, when there's lots of eyes on you, I think that's where it becomes a bit more 
a bit more serious that you've you've kind of got things set up correctly um and we can talk about what correct is but yeah you've got things set up um it, it's when it's but when it's on you that's really important that you kind of take that approach and user expertise to to make sure you're guiding people correctly well what i found interesting in uh, this uh circle session was that uh, uh approaches that were shared uh were actually quite practical um not super complicated and sometimes it makes you wonder like um uh, these these uh, uh, basic things are, are do they really make a difference but uh, apparently uh sort of they do and we'll get to what they are in a second um i'm i'm curious if you can share like uh how do you know you you haven't set up uh properly properly for success like it's easy to say that at the end because at the end you sort of um know if a project was successful or if it wasn't but is there something that gives it away like hopefully before you step into those pitfalls yeah i think i think that's where the experience comes in um so to get to that point where you're able to identify upfront what it is you need to succeed you need to have done this a few times um so I mean, uh, uh, with my with the team that I work on, we did a retrospective recently of our process of how we actually went through some of these end-to-end projects, and then we realized, okay, well, this is where things have fallen down. This is where we struggle. This is where things go off the rails. Uh, now, what we realize is we need to have those things set up in the beginning, and as we're moving along the process, we can actually see, okay, we're starting to experience a challenge, and it's likely that it's because of this thing that happened before. Let's make sure we're going back and and uh, making those changes and 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 again setting ourselves back up for success as mm. we move forward. Yeah, so you need to do a lot of uh, reflection, introspection, uh, analyzing what worked, what didn't. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. So this feels a little bit like uh, uh, taking an insurance policy. Like if everything works out, or you didn't get that accident, or your house didn't burn down, you sort of wonder why. Uh, you spend all that money on that insurance policy and maybe with these activities it's something similar like if the project goes according to plan or you didn't run into these challenges you might wonder did i really need to invest the time in those conversations with the stakeholders did i really need to do that additional workshop so i'm trying to see how do you sell it maybe to yourself and to the people around you to actually invest in these activities up front yeah, I think that also comes with the experience again that you've been in that situation where you're kicking yourself further down the line and thinking, "Oh, if only I had that information now. If only we'd we'd done that." So again, that comes with the the experience. Um, but yeah, the chance of you actually having a perfect project where you where you actually say, "Hey, everything went great," and I don't feel like I needed that upfront work, I think it's pretty slim. You probably actually think I need to invest more time upfront. Uh, now, what I would say is a great thing about the practical practical things that we shared in this session. They all seem to be very quick. It wasn't a lot of upfront work. Um, these are s- small, rapid, fast things that, that take you a long way very, very quickly. So actually, I'd say the investment is, is quite small, but but very impactful. Okay, that sounds intriguing. Uh, let's uh, let's just go over some of the things that were shared. Um, the format in the circle this time was uh, like in most sessions is that people bring there, I, I, I like to use the term lived experiences. So tangible 
artifacts, ex the stories from their day-to-day -day work being an in-house service design uh, professional. Um, so it, we really talked about things that happened, things that worked and didn't work. And uh, let's start off with um, the thing you brought to the session. So I introduced the ignition conversation canvas. And it's probably not fair to say introduced because I think I've talked about this three or four times and it's popped up on one of your podcasts before as well. But the ignition conversation canvas is, is what I, I brought. And really what that is, is as soon as that project comes to you, as soon as something come, comes in that, hey, there's a service design opportunity here that we need to put, put you on, it's, it's making sure that your initial reaction there is, okay, let me sit down with the people that are sponsoring that are requesting this project and make sure that I, as the service designer, the person that's going to lead this from a service design approach is very, very clear and aligned with the people that are ultimately going to judge success in the long term. And uh, when you say uh, uh, very clearly aligned, um, isn't that something that you always try to do? Like what's the uh, thing that you maybe do differently or have added or add through this uh, ig conversation ignition conversation canvas or can conversation ignition canvas <laughs> which one is <laughs> it yeah it's an ignition conversation okay and then we use a canvas to drive yes. that uh, yeah. and the idea is it yeah sorry Mark. well yeah so what's the thing that sort of uh that you feel uh is helps you to be even more aligned yeah so the align alignment is a process so the, the thing that actually taylor brought gets you more alignment with a larger group. So we'll talk about that next. But um, with this, this is making sure you are understanding the implicit and explicit motivations, intentions, and objectives of the person requesting the project. So this is before you even get started on the project. It's making sure it's a good fit for service design. It's making sure that the, you take the appropriate approach and you put the right amount of time and effort and use the right tool. So it's kind of that executive level conversation to make sure that we're, we're doing this right. And, and a great way, sorry to jump ahead a bit, but a great way is to use that almost as like a triage is something that someone said in the, in the conversation. You can actually have a very open, honest, safe conversation with someone and say, you know what, what I'm hearing from you at this point is that you need something different and service design perhaps isn't the best way. Or, or actually, if it is service design, it's this type of approach that you need. You need something of a certain scope, certain effort, and maybe you're not prepared for it. So you can actually have these very um, frank conversations with somebody and lay some very, very important groundwork and expectations and, and alignment between service design function and a business function and say, hey, you know, this, we need to do something differently, or maybe we shouldn't even do this in the first place. Can you give an example of maybe one, two or three questions that are on the canvas? Yeah, so we, we always start by just letting people talk. So it's a very, very open open uh, conversation. We'll just start and say, okay, what is your your challenge? Like, what is it you're trying to actually solve? Like, what, what's the problem that you're coming to to us and thinking that service design will work with? Then we very quick, quickly flip to, okay, what's the current state? What's happening today? Can you take us through that? And then from there, we start to reveal, you know, what, what are your, what does that success look like to you? What is the final outcome that you're expecting? So all these things come out and you're talking it through, you're understanding standing the reasoning behind those things from the beginning. And um, I, I'm wondering why does this work? And uh, I'll give 
uh, an answer, and I'm curious uh, how you feel about it. But the fact that you're uh, making it tangible, uh, the, the, just the simple fact that you're putting it on paper and maybe uh, have a what's something that looks like a process. Um, yes. I, I can imagine that that's the added the, one of the added benefits of of this versus just quote unquote having a conversation. And of course, to any person who's listening right now that has some sort of a design mindset and attitude, like using conversation tools is something that is quite hopefully quite quite natural comes quite natural to us. Yeah, and I must admit, it's, it must sound to anyone listening that this is incredibly obvious. Like, of course, we ask those questions, but often you don't have the opportunity to ask it at that sponsor or executive level. Um, it is it, having that conversation, that canvas, that framework allows you to say, "Hey, this is this is not me challenging you. This is something I always do at the beginning of any project to make sure that um, that we're aligned and I'm serving you in the best way possible." And then, and then, like you mentioned, uh, Mark, it allows you to then move through a, a standard process that actually records the discussion. It allows you to ask those probing questions and really get to the heart of what's being asked, so that you can actually give the best, the best advice and the best service to to your customer or client. Yeah, and I really like that that you say this isn't uh, because it might come across as 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 being overly critical towards a potential client, which may be an internal client in this case, but um, you're more or less, no, not more or less, you're doing them a service by asking these questions up front because you're potentially preventing failure later on. So I think this yeah. is really important that you frame it for yourself like that. Yeah, and it takes it takes no more than an hour. I think that's the great thing as well. It's, it's within one hour, you have this very structured conversation, you get you travel a long way, you really get people thinking, and it's the first time you can actually have an opportunity to show what service design can do by actually doing some very quick service design, some very quick facilitation, question answering, challenging of assumptions as well. So people will start, often by the end of that session, they're transformed in, okay, this is what a, this is what a designer actually does more, more than what they perhaps thought in the beginning. And they can start, you can start to identify and connect dots between, okay, this is what you need. This is your problem. This is what I can offer. This is where we can meet and, and it'll be a good fit. Is this something that's um, suitable in every case? And of course it isn't. Uh, the reason I'm asking this is you, you have to be in a position where you maybe, where you can say no to somebody who's approaching you. And uh, I'm not sure if that's always the case. Like, how do you see that? Yeah, that was actually a question that came up um, from the group. That is, is this something where you have to be uh, enabled or empowered to say no? And uh, I, I, my thinking on it is that this isn't this isn't a chance to say no. This is a chance to reframe the conversation. So actually, having that space to to listen and truly understand, you can make a now informed recommendation that hey, what what you're asking us to do isn't in scope, or we don't have the resources, or you're not ready. I mean, you don't have to say no. It could be like you're not ready. You haven't you haven't done these things, and we need to do these things for this to be a success and not be wasting my time and your time. So you you're not necessarily saying no. You're making a very informed and guided recommendation that they hopefully by the end they're normally on the same page as you because you've had that conversation and you both walk away with okay, we need to do something different. Here. Yeah, you you you're you're designing the brief. 
That's yeah, or at least yeah. taking a step towards co-creating a brief rather than taking. Uh, sorry, I'm sort of ha moving from uh, left to right, but um, <laughs> instead of being uh, an order taker, you're sort of uh, being much more proactive about shaping the the challenge that's presenting presented to you. I love that. Yeah, yeah. We're often tempted uh, when someone comes to us and says, hey, you can do this service design work. We think, great, let, let me jump in and get started and, and start doing all my, my service design things. This allows you to not just not just be that order taker that go do some service design. It, it helps you actually add your value, show your expertise, show your worth right from the outset and actually <clears throat> change the conversation to more of a collaboration, even if it's a very senior person that you're having that, that discussion with. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, let's uh, let's see what the other things were that uh, were shared inside uh, the session. You mentioned something uh, uh, that Taylor brought. Uh, Taylor has also been uh, starred on the podcast. I'm not sure which episode it was, but uh, she also brought something uh, that helps her to set up for success. Can you share something about that? Yeah, I think it fits nicely into what we talked about with alignment. Um, the Ignition conversation canvas is something that you should do right at the beginning with your executive sponsor uh, before you start the project. Once you actually now have determined that you're having that there is a project, service sign has a role to play, and you're bringing people together to embark on that that journey of going through a project. A kickoff workshop uh, is something that we typically all, all do, but uh, there was an activity that uh, similar to what we talked about, framework a canvas that. That Taylor made sure that she has the group go through. And I think, again, short time investment, an hour and a half, bringing people together to align on purpose, make sure you're revealing those kind of competing agendas, challenging assumptions up front. And the key thing I heard as well is setting up everyone with that learning and experimental mindset, making sure that the, those conditions are set for people to actually be willing to change, make change, and, and try something a bit different. So this again sounds something like um, people should be familiar with, like a kickoff workshop. That sounds like a good idea in in general. Um, and you mentioned something about the short time frame. You also said uh, that about uh, the ignition conversation canvas. How far can you get in a short time frame? What have you found? I'm 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 always pressured to go fast. Uh, I'm sure we all are. Uh, I'm sure it's, and then it, when you're working in-house, I mean, that's what we talk about as well. Pulling all these different resources together, you don't always have the luxury to do that uh, time and time again. Um, so I've seen that actually the shorter sessions are better because it focuses the conversation. Uh, it means you've got more likelihood that people are going to show up, they're going to be invested, they're going get to this, get this thing done. Um, and often as well, if you have challenges, you can you can kind of identify. Okay, where are we actually needing to spend a bit more time? And you can go do that do that later in your process and account account for it. But an hour and a half, you can have some very very quick uh, fire conversations for sure. Mm. And um, uh, this isn't specific for the example that Taylor shared, but uh, let me ask it anyway. The uh, the classic. Uh, a discrepancy between what people say and what people do. So when you um, ask people about the intention of the project or what success looks like, uh, you'll always get an answer. Um, and it, but is it is it like the the honest answer? Like you never know. Uh, that's that's obvious. And we have other tools in the design toolkit to sort of mitigate that. Um, where I'm heading towards <laughs> with my question today is. Uh, have making it tangible again, uh, uh, 
showing it on a canvas, does that make people more accountable that you can refer back to it? Like, have you used it also in that in that way? I think so. Yeah, all, all these are useful artifacts that you can pull up and uh, and use in the future. I think sharing sharing them back is, is important. It takes some time sometimes, but sharing those things back, having them as a reference that you can pull pull forward in later stages of the project. Yeah, you, you can. I mean, I personally think of it as something like, do we need to reframe this? Are we still on track? And that's actually, from my experience, that's where you have the ignition conversation. That's where you have working groups. You maybe have a a leadership group that's keeping the project on track. You can use these as artifacts that you can go back to um, and and look at. But yeah, you do have some evidence. I guess that's that's important that you have that evidence. Yeah, you can get you can you can get a a temporary sign off on the things that are on paper, and uh, yeah. uh, even when that. Uh, evolves and and changes over time. That's okay, but uh, yeah, again, getting a signature on this, like, yeah, this is this is exactly what I mean. Uh, um, I think that's that's that can be super valuable. Yeah, I agree. What are any other specifics about uh, the workshop that uh, Taylor shared? You think might be interesting to share here as well? Uh, I think what what really stood out f- for me is. Um, the learning mindset. Uh, I think the sense I get is that it was an opportunity to find where you have those organizational blockers, where you have uh, power dynamics that could be could be an issue. I think actually going through from personal experience, going through the the process of doing these things, you start to get a sense of how this is going to go. And I think Taylor kind of talked about this as well um, that you you can start to see okay this. This person's head isn't in the right place. They're not quite getting it, or that, that these people are struggling with this concept. Um, I, I think going through that process, that activity reveals that, and then it helps you head off some potential challenges that could come in the future. So you can adjust your process, or you can take care of some things that are maybe, you know, where you are misaligned, where there's an issue, and again, they don't then resurface, or hopefully, there's less chance that they resurface later and, and derail things. I lo- I love this, and uh, I don't know if this is intentional or if it just came up. But um, the thing that we just talked about, like people, there is a difference between what people say and people do. Like if you let them go through uh, uh, a workshop, it's not only about the actual answers that you get. It's also like you mentioned, are they actually present? Um, are they distracted? How? Uh, how easy is it for them to uh, set their agenda aside? Like those are cues and signals which are implicit, but give you a lot of information about whether you're set up for success or not. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, 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 you'll quickly get a sense for, um, yeah, even just body language or just attention. Yeah, you'll, you'll get a sense for, hey, am I really wasting my time here? Or do, we, do we have an issue? Do we need to... Sp- you know, worst case, do we need to switch somebody else out? Do we need some kind of different different support from somewhere else? Uh, I mean, that those those implicit and underlying things that you otherwise wouldn't see if you just charged ahead with your project. Yeah, you you want to catch those as early as you possibly can. Yeah, and then uh, doing yeah, let's let's call them exercises um, are, are sometimes just a head fake. Right. In in the sense that the answers are way less important than that all everything else that happens around them. Uh, again, I can imagine that with your 
ignition conversation canvas if it takes somebody four weeks six weeks to to book that call with you or get get into that meeting with you like that's that that's already a strong hint that says something about priorities it really does yeah 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 you 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 get a sense it's exactly that a lot of things we do i find this with with the service design a lot of techniques and processes it's not necessarily the artifact or the outcome it's the process of doing it that is the value and it's doing it together as well and that's what the kickoff workshops activity that taylor talked about is so great is that it's the first time you bring a group together yeah and then you and then you observe what happens. You look at the group dynamics, uh, and that's something you have to keep in in account and also reflect upon. Um, what happened? Like, what did we expect? What kind of involvement do we uh, do we do we need to make this a success? Um, so yeah, just just doing something together is already, I think, something that might give away if if you are heading into. Uh, uh, Rafine, what is what is uh, Rafine in English? It's a Dutch word. It's like a valley. If you're heading into a valley, <laughs> uh, valley of death, uh, or if you're heading into uh, uh, yeah, in, into the right way. Um, let's let's go over the uh, third thing that was shared, uh, and then we'll uh, sort of go into uh, a few of the broader uh, observations. Um, Hayden had uh, something uh, to share as well, right? Yeah, and Hayden uh, kind of flipped the script on us, and he actually had us looking back at some of the circle learnings that we we done over the years. Um, <clears throat> over the year, it feels like it's been a long time. It's been one year. Uh, <laughs> it's been a good year. Uh, so he actually looked at some of the things that we had discussed because this is something that's come up multiple, multiple times in other conversations. So we looked at some of the learnings, and then Hayden shared some of his best practices uh, that that kind of aligned with that as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, I can go. I can yeah, go can you share a few? Yeah, yeah. So the key ones that, that I, I found is in terms of actually how we communicate what we're about to do and, and what we're doing. Um, and this is something that I talked about on my my last uh, last session uh, as well. It's about um, how you prepare to take people on this journey and how you're actually framing what we're going to do and what service design is. And it a lot of the things that we've talked about as a group are how we don't overwhelm people with all the complexities and challenges that service design can bring. So we don't put a bunch of blockers up and say, hey, we have to make these really complicated service blueprints. So we're going to do all of this research and we do all this stuff uh, that then puts people on edge, makes them feel kind of afraid, nervous. Um, you know, so it's, it's kind of getting the right balance of planning uh, and it's storytelling as well. So that's something that we're good at. So how do we simplify the explanation of what we're going to do by giving examples uh, rather than using all kinds of technical jargon and scary looking diagrams. Um, so yeah, making it relevant for people where they fit in, how they can contribute as well. So it's about framing, framing service design in the, in the right way. Mm. And um, I sort of feel inside this group is that uh, you're all pretty experienced seniors, service designers, um, the, the more experience you gain, it feels like the simpler your approach gets. Do you have a, yeah. do you also feel that? Yeah, and actually it's it's an interesting exercise. If you actually look at what it like look up a definition of what it is to be an expert, uh, I mean I might be completely wrong here, but I'm pretty sure this is the case. It's that you know you know let's say you know everything, you know a lot, but you know what's relevant. That's expertise. I guess if you think of a doctor, they, they've done, gone to medical school, but they know how to zoom into that right thing and, and, and get to it. And that's, um, 
that's what's so beautiful about the circle uh, and the stories that are shared. There's like literally years, decades of experience inside there. And we can pretty quickly distill to essence. Like, okay, uh, out of all the things that are available to you, like this is what really makes the difference. And often uh, it's it's maybe a bit disappointing, but it's those small and simple things that make the difference where maybe at the start of your career, you're thinking, no, nah, this can't be it. Like this is, it, it can be that simple. It, it must be something more advanced, more complicated. And you go looking for advanced frameworks, tools, methods, processes. Yeah. And then at some point you arrive now. It, it's it's been all it's been this simple all, all the time absolutely uh, uh, that's that's what we're looking for and i think that's what the kickoffs do the ignition conversations um framing service design in a way that makes sense to that person because otherwise you're often i did this in my career so excited to do all the research it's so excited to run all these workshops and then you can be setting yourself up for some some disappointment with and failure because you went ahead with your your process and you weren't matching the techniques and what you're trying to do with the actual real 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 underlying needs of what that person is trying to achieve so actually just taking those one hour one and a half hours those in those conversations to to listen and understand you can then reflect back a much better process that gets you more quickly to where you want to go with much bigger impact. And that makes for a much better relationship with, with others. Mm. You're, you're slowing yourself down intentionally. And even if you're on the right track already, like that's slowing down, that's going to help you uh, further down the line. And um, only in the conversation, I think, you know, you slow down and you change and you take some ownership of the conversation and not being dictated to and driven along by others. And yes, and that's what I wanted to say that uh, the thing that you, initially learn in your career is to be very good at your craft as in the way you think craft in service design is craft but it's more than that like it's more um it's it's building those relationships it's it's getting people aligned it's uh finding the right moments uh to engage with people uh, and um sort of you can't blame uh people that they initially uh don't pay attention to these things like there, it's not the focus initially uh, within service design, and uh, yeah. somehow I hope that podcasts like this contribute to awareness that that this is this is at least half of your work. Like get this right, and then everything else uh, becomes so much easier and more impactful. Yeah, and you, you build you build trust. You, you build trust that your you know your role and the impact and the part that you play in the process as well and then you let a thing i took away from hayden as well is that you let other people see where they can join you in the things that you're driving forward so where you know there was a, a someone from the group talked about you asked the question where can you contribute into blueprinting or research or mapping or, or defining something like actually helping people find themselves in your process and then applying your process appropriately to the, the broader journey as well Right. Yeah. You sort of step into their, uh, their world, which, which we often discussed here and makes your life so much easier rather than trying to pull people into and get them to understand what you're doing and, uh, let them fit in, into your approach. Uh, just try to step into what they are already doing and see 
way you can connect uh, to those moments. It's again, it's with many of these things, um, uh, and I hope it's not disappointing to, to to the people who are listening. It's it's not rocket science. Like it it, it takes um, maybe a bit of humbleness to to take this approach and uh, be less of an expert. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, what makes this so? Uh, let me turn this into a question. What do you feel makes makes it difficult to adopt these practices? I think it's often ourselves. I think it's not making that space to actually reflect um, with the people that you're going to be collaborating with. So I think it's that that rush into it and, and, and try and get going. Uh, yeah, take that time. It's only an hour. It's only an hour and a half. That, that's what it needs. Um, if you're not making that time, you're not helping others um, if, if you're not doing that. So I think just actually... That's a that's a roadblock. Um, I think as well. Just we talked about expertise and experience. Um, if you bring all of that and unload it on everybody, they're they're confused. You're confused as well. So it's 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 that zooming in. It's that focusing your attention and your approach appropriately. Not using jargon from the beginning. Not scaring people off in the beginning. And asking um, asking more questions. And that's in general. Yeah. I think. Like, uh, if you do one thing, I would say s stop explaining and start asking questions. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's, going to, that's going to slow you down and probably give you the time and space you need to uh, figure things out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Asking, asking those questions uh, is really important. Uh, you know, what, you, the, what you're trying to uncover really are opportunities and roadblocks. So you want to find an opportunity where you can make a good match, a good fit, and you have the space and the conditions to succeed. And then you want to find where's the organizational resistance, where's the, the difficulties that we're going to run into, where are people misaligned, where's that where's there not the right mindset or dynamics, you know that that's what you're finding in the in the workshop activities, uh, that's what you're finding in these early conversations. Where have I actually got to make some change or, or be aware of some kind of issue, um, and then and then asking those questions re reveals that, and then you can ask questions about how can we. How can we change that? How can we work together to actually to, to make this better? Yes, and that that's the thing I wanted to sort of address next is having this knowledge uh, that uh, there are roadblocks. That's one thing, but making when you make them tangible, um, you can make it into a shared problem, right? It's 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 not uh, my problem that people are I don't know uh, don't have the priority or don't seem to be distracted. It, it's it's the problem of the problem owner of the person who's approaching you. You can, you can make this into again. You're helping them to be successful by addressing these things upfront. Yeah, that's been a big learning for me recently. Uh, even in the past kind of six months in my career, is is making those problems not service design the problem of service design and service designers to solve and overcome and fail with. It's like as a group this is a challenge and a problem. How do we then get leadership? How do we work together? Like, how do we actually overcome that so that we can all succeed together? Where do you find um, like the, the criteria for success for yourself? So um, apparently you're looking for some answers in your Ignition Conversation Canvas and in the kickoff workshop that uh, are green flags. Any any uh, initial things that you look for? The, the yeah, the key gr green flags that I think I'm looking for that's things that are going to be a success uh, is 
is all about, I think it's resources, it's support. Um, th those are really, really, really big things. Um, understanding the correct int intentions and motivations as well. So I'll, I'll unpack those two because they're two mm -hmm. different things, but the resources and support, um, you've got to make sure that the right people are going to be in the room. They're going to be freed up. Uh, they're going to help you overcome those blockers, those challenges, those big rocks. Um, if people are serious about doing this and getting to the outcome that they want to achieve, they have to be serious about pushing through those, those, those things. Um, so do we have the right numbers? Do we have the right leadership support to, to unstick these things? It could be, it could be budget. It could actually be just people expertise. When people make that clear that they want to make that time, that space, that investment, that effort, that this is a focus for them, it's on a strategic plan, it's in a budget, that to me indicates that people are, are, are going to get through, get through this. Yeah. And, and if there's hesitation there or, um, the opposite of clarity, uh, confusion, and then yep. uh, at least uh, there's going to be a moment for you to pause and say, "We need to, we need to be clear on this." Yeah, that's that's often where you spin your wheels at the beginning of a, a project, or you find there's a difficulty in decision making, is if you don't have that clarity and you don't have that reason for why we're doing this, and you want to keep that motivation, that reason up front. In everyone's mind all the time so you can actually navigate around things does this actually matter when we get stuck at this point later on or we have a crossroads or something where are we going how are we getting around this um is it still taking us where we need to go and actually do we even want to still get there along the way as well yeah and and um, um with the with these things uh, resources and support i think you're also looking for like the the level of commitment as in how confident is someone giving you these answers like is it yeah like you said yeah it's in the budget or it's uh, it's in the yearly roadmap it's already there like that's that's almost set in stone and that almost gives you a guarantee that that's yeah. and and that's you, yeah yeah no go ahead you want to hear that it's in, you want to hear that it's important to that sponsor that executive and then that brings everyone else along okay this is real this is something that we all need to do because we actually want to get there together and then you find yourself not having to sell the project sell service design and convince people to participate it's like it's already like it's already from the outset and then you get this i've seen it recently you get this wonderful groundswell of people who are joining the project they want to be part of the project they're starting to see success and movement and action and it it breeds more and then you get this snowball effect of things things moving forward and we're sort of zooming in uh accidentally on this thing but uh again what you can do here is if you uh, notice that there's hesitation in giving these answers and it's not set in stone you're you're doing your client your internal stakeholder a favor by uh, at least pointing out to them that this is an opportunity for failure for delays for frustration for disappointment and then you can sort of leave it up to them like do we want to address this 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 might be a problem it might not be but yeah. be aware that we've seen that if this if we don't have clarity on these aspects we might run into trouble or we increase the chance that we'll run into trouble pretty soon yeah it's definitely it's definitely a risk conversation you're you're able to identify hey here's some shaky ground that we're on here's some potential problems and i have seen that this goes better when we put these things in place yeah yeah 
And that's invaluable advice. Like that's the conversation that you want to be having. Uh, and <laughs> being inside an organization, I can only imagine that people are in general risk averse. And if you can flip the conversation into helping them mitigate risks and uh, in that sense, become more successful, that's the thing we're always coming back to. Uh, I think you have a pretty uh, good, uh, quote unquote, business case to have that conversation. Yeah, I definitely think so, yeah. So uh, if we uh, have to uh, wrap up and summarize, um, based on everything you've heard inside uh, the circle in this conversation, um, and maybe just taking your <laughs> experience being an in-house service design professional, if you could just do one thing to set yourself up for success or increase the chance that you'll be successful, if you could just do one thing, what would that be? It's taking the time to listen. Make sure you're listening, you're hearing the opportunities, you're hearing the challenges early, and you're making a proposal for how you approach those things together. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a good thing. Uh, it's, uh, I would say it's sometimes hard to implement uh, taking time uh, <laughs> when everybody's chasing you and agendas are already fully packed, but uh, it's, I don't know, I think if you listen to the previous 12 episodes of the of the circle like this is a such a common pattern this is this if if anything uh emerges uh as a pattern then this is one of those things and somehow you have to make it a part of your routine part of your habit part of your yeah well just a tip on that 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 has become my habit as soon as a project comes towards me that uh someone thinks it's going to be good for service zone my immediate reaction is I'm sending you that hour invite and we're going to talk about this and we go through those that framework that I always go through. And, and okay, so I was trying to wrap up but one more thing I want to say about this <laughs> is um I think what what you've done brilliantly is you're prepared. Like you don't have to think about the questions that are important to you on the spot. You have a process, you have a list of questions that you know are important to you. Taking the time and designing that experience designing that process even before you get into the situation where you need it i think that's that's key because you you'll be ready and prepared once the opportunity knocks on the door yeah we kept we kept finding ourselves in these ambiguous spaces too far into projects and we 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 then use that to then set up that framework right at the beginning that we said we know if we hit these things Yes, that's gonna that's gonna really help us be be in a good spot later on. Yeah, and uh, like m maybe everybody should have their own checklist of what they need to be successful. And uh, if you are a design professional, you won't be satisfied with just a checklist. You probably want to have something that's more interactive, engaging, and uh, uh, evokes conversations. But uh, I think the metaphor of a of a checklist. Uh, works pretty well here. Um, James, anything uh, you feel that we should have discussed that we didn't uh, so far? I think we got through a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I think it was a great conversation. I'll always enjoy hearing uh, 
examples from from other practicing professionals so yeah uh, really good session again we're almost at the end of this episode i really hope that you enjoyed the conversation with james and that it got you thinking how you can set your projects up for success in the future to recap i quickly want to remind you that if you want to get all the ins and outs of the things we discuss inside these sessions and not just a summary on the podcast well consider joining us in the circle You'll meet other passionate professionals who also want to learn and grow just like you. There's an application process to become a member of this community. If you'd like to know if you qualify, head over to servicedesignshow.com circle for all the details. And you'll also find the link in the show notes of this episode. My name is Mark Fontaine and I want to thank you for tuning in to the Service Design Show. It's a great pleasure having you. As always, please keep making a positive impact and I'll catch you very soon in a brand new episode of The Service Design Show. See you then.